Hey guys, this is Table Talks with Ataris, an inside look at the everyday conversations we have at our table. I'm Ash. I'm MJ. And today, <laughs> we didn't talk about anything we actually thought we were going to talk about. No. <laughs> today we talked about Rome. I never actually asked you, do you think of Rome? The Roman Empire? Yeah. Constantly. How often do you think? Constantly. Yeah. Always on your mind. Yeah. Well, today we unpack it. Of course, we didn't actually answer I no. didn't ask you that question at all. And I didn't answer that question either. <laughs> but we did talk about Rome. Yeah. And I think this episode is a good episode on purpose. I think we're just having a personal conversation on what it is that we're observing based on what we're hearing. Listening to, reading. Feelings of insignificance or purposelessness, things that we run after. And our critique of the culture of convenience. Convenience, yes. I'm not critiquing it. I love the convenience, but there's oh, inadvertently. Oh, we know you love your convenience. Oh, yeah. DoorDash, awesome. Grocery pickup, amazing. But I think there's also a caution that you have to have in place when you succumb to the comforts of convenience that you are simultaneously telling yourself and so we just have a discussion on that yeah. i don't want to spill all the beans but if you are i don't want to i don't want to qualify this episode no this was a genuine conversation though like yeah. totally unscripted so yeah. i hope you enjoy it i want to ask you mm-hmm. about what you asked me about the room thing oh <laughs> Tell me well, a little bit about your research, babe. I didn't do any research. It was just that apparently there's this trend going around where wives are asking or significant others are asking their counterparts whether or not they think about the Roman Empire. And I only know about this because of somebody that we watch or have li- watched and on YouTube hmm. for some like cooking things. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about it on his podcast. So I listened to it and I don't really know the other context. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> apparently there's something potentially even just sensual there. Yeah, I don't know. Hey. Anyways, I don't know any of the context. So I'm going into it completely blind. And the guy I was listening to, this is Adam Ragusia. I like, like he went into all sorts of different things and I don't even remember most of it. But what did stick to me was that his interpretation of why there is a fascination for the Roman Empire, particularly for males, is that he believes it's the sense of worth in a soldier, even as seemingly insignificant as a foot soldier. Mm. So like the uneducated and the like lowest of the low from a hierarchy standpoint, social class wise, could still wield a shield and spear and take part of this roman legion to conquer lands and so there's still a sense of purpose even to the lowest social class whereas seemingly today with our culture of convenience there's a very evident insignificance or feeling of insignificance in men and i thought that was such an astute observation Hmm. for him to put his finger on the pulse of, you know, from what I understand outside of your awareness of, you know, for us being in the faith, understanding our role in taking part in the redemptive work of the gospel in our own little inner circle, there is a deep sense of insignificance outside of that Hmm. because you can outsource everything. And as a man, you maybe go to work, 
you do your nine to five and you come home and like to what extent, like to what end do you do all of this? And so as I'm talking to you, I also want to apologize because I sound like I am underwater and my voice is an octave lower than it normally is. <laughs> so um, depending on how this sounds recorded, I am still overcoming some congestion. So hmm. bear with me. So what you took away from what he said was that even, I guess, in Roman civilization, everybody still had a role to play, even if it, even the most like seemingly insignificant people in society. Right. There was an ingrained sense of purpose Hmm. in Roman society, which he hypothesized is why people, men today in particular, gravitate towards having latching onto a cause whether or not it's correct or incorrect because they'd rather be hated than not be thought of at all hmm. and so i was like wow that's such an interesting observation and whether or not that's actually the driving factor or force for why men are fascinated with the roman empire and again that's the whole premise of that is that that's actually true we don't know right, right? but it's still really struck me that that probably is true with the feeling of you know purposelessness hmm. that is so prevalent again just by observation today because of just where society is headed towards and mm-hmm. maybe even just the um demonizing of the the patriarchy hmm. um or or you know what healthy male um modeling looks like and not modeling as in like photo shoot modeling but just (laughs) what does it mean to be a man not in a maybe like domineering style that might be portrayed Mm -hmm. or abusive but i think some of that definition has been lost Hmm. um and that's in part due to actual abuses that people have experienced and i get that where you do take like a a abusively dominant role and so because you've experienced that you don't want to subject yourself to it or if you've been the victim of it you don't want to become that if you're a man and and really shy away from even you know the whole concept of misuse constituting as disuse and i think that's a disservice but i don't know it just it really like stood out to me none of it none nothing else stood out in that Uh, conversation adam had with his wife except for the fact that he touched on something that is probably deeply interwoven in every man in their maybe you know every human being really in their in their sense of trying to answer like what is why am i here like what what is the purpose of me showing up at work or getting out of bed in the morning and really without something larger than you when you're like basically at the apex at like at the top of your hill and in the world where we can basically get whatever we want whenever we want we have Mm -hmm. access to anything anytime Mm -hmm. um it becomes really self-destructive and so i've i've really seen themes of that all throughout things that were like even some of the podcasts i listened to on the health side they were talking, this trainer was talking about how religion in, is really important to him because he understands that if you don't place yourself under a larger purpose than yourself, then it's like very 
self-serving and self-destructive at the end of the day. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's just been something that I think in my own ways of thinking where, you know, I, I think about the things that we're responsible for as parents, if we end up living life, just serving ourselves, then we do a disservice to our children. But mm-hmm. if we understand that our children were given to us to st- steward for the time that we are responsible for them, we don't know how long that is. And that that's a gift from God, however, however long that is, hopefully for the rest of our lives, then like w- we understand the assignment better mm-hmm. rather than I'm just responsible for you until you're 18 and then you're out of my house. And I get that, you know, sense of you want your children to be self-sufficient, but if it just feels like a liability line item on your family balance sheet or family net worth, then that probably is you're shortchanging yourself and how you should view parenting. Hmm. So those are some quick fire thoughts. Yeah. It's interesting. As you were talking, I was just thinking that I wonder if unlimited access and convenience you know, in the society that we live in today affords us yeah. a way of thinking that skews the value of things, like the true value of things and the priority of things. Right. Like what's really important. And so when you talk about that feeling of insignificance, I wonder if some of that comes because there are so many things that can distract us from what is truly valuable and what should really be the priority that we might be like inclined to give our time to, which ends up making us feel useless, purposeless, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. taking away from the things that are of value, the things that we should maybe be giving more of our time to, because these things feel more significant, but maybe less important. I don't know if I'm explaining that well, but I wonder if that's some of what's fostering that feeling. I think so. I think in a culture of convenience. So simple example, like Walmart's open 24 hours and coming to the US prior to that, that basically blew my mind. So like when my family first flew to the US, we landed at like 10 PM. My aunt who lives here, I was like, yeah, we can just go to Walmart and pick up a couple air mattresses so that you can sleeping like temporarily tonight because there's i don't know whatever it was mm-hmm. but we were like oh we, let's just go to walmart and i was like it's 10 p.m we were like our whole family was shocked like there's a store open at 10 p.m mm-hmm. and so i think with the sense of convenience there's this underlying story that everything should be easy yeah, there's almost an entitlement that kind of yeah. gets fostered from that and like, i deserve these and that's a long line to yeah. be drawn from like Walmart being open 24 hours and I love convenience. Sure. Like I love being able to go to Walmart at midnight. Yeah. And those are great things, but I think it simultaneously tells you a story that when you want something, whenever you want, you should you deserve to get it. Yeah. Yeah. And so anything that is hard and you can list out you know, waking up early to go to the gym is hard. Parenting is hard. And I'm not measuring these i'm just saying these are like generally require are are a little less convenient sure yeah eating healthy is hard comparatively it's easy it's easy for me to (laughs) it's hard on the budget and it's hard for your body yeah like oh sorry it's hard for you to consistently do (laughs) i was thinking more of like eating junk food is hard on your body but so 
So all of that is is this like small whisper in your brain that tells you that doing hard things you shouldn't have to. You shouldn't have to. Hmm. And so to me when you think about like anything that's worth doing, you're right? Like the whole anything that's worth doing is going to be hard. Otherwise it just doesn't comes across as yeah. Like you don't value it as much. Yeah. And I'm not even saying like oh we should purposefully like not have electricity in the house or turn off the water supply. Like some of these things are good progress. Like this is good human progress, but I think there's somehow a necessary check that you have to put in place where you recognize some of these life's inconveniences is actually very formative and healthy for you to experience because it grows you. Mm -hmm. And there's all these themes that I'm like picking up in the things I'm listening to or reading or hearing about Mm -hmm. that I feel like that's a recurring theme. Yeah. And even in just like how people cope with hardship Hmm. is a way for you to revert back to, oh, I deserve this. It's it's really like a like a a self-indulgence or an idolatry that you end up succumbing to the convenience of whatever that is like oh i deserve ice cream at the end of the day because i've been tired Mm -hmm. and or or, you know name your vice whatever it is and really being conscious of like what are you actually telling yourself about like what you're experiencing when you go down that path yeah yeah i think it it lessens your resiliency for or maybe even just your threshold for hardship because you know you walk into your house you turn on the lights and it's like that's such a natural thing to us that when the power goes out it's like i shouldn't have to deal with this Mm -hmm. what an inconvenience you know and it is i'm not saying it's not i hate when the power goes out sure but my like resiliency be able to be able to withstand that is so low yeah because of how convenient it is for me to just walk into another room, flip, flip on the switch, walk into another room, flip off the switch, you know? So because these things are so built into the grain of society and our day-to-day functions, I think, yeah, the, the threshold for enduring hardship just kind of gets lessened, I think. I think, too, to, there's a need for you to be able to somehow place yourself on a regular basis of like purpose. Yeah. Because for a while you can, and it's, I fall prey to this for a while. I can just go through the motions of like, I'm doing this because that's what I'm supposed to do. Mm. But from time to time, I'm like, I do get very philosophical as to like, what's the point of all of this? Mm-hmm. Like everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's really just been a part of it has been just like evolving this idea of part of it is like that we're, invited to participate in the redemptive work of the gospel in the context that we're in. Some of that's shifted too through the years, but otherwise it's like you can really get lost in just the stepping through it. Like I I could really see why somebody would go down the path of like, what's the whole point of everything if you aren't able to grasp at an answer. And it's probably even harder for you to not have some sort of spiritual anchor to help build the foundation of like the sense of meaning and purpose. And it's not to like kumbaya everything, but like truly what is the point of somebody who doesn't have 
you know, something to anchor themselves to. I mean, maybe you could just be very philanthropic or you just want to leave the world a better place. So like you're, you're essentially a good boy scout, Mm -hmm. but even then like (laughs) to, to what end, right? Like Mm -hmm. why, why accomplish that outside of this? Like God's called me from darkness to light. And part of that is to be an ambassador for that de chaosing, right? Like bringing back to order Mm -hmm. what is chaotic, um, right from the beginning of the Genesis story to like where we're at today and what we are touching, seeing and interacting with that we're participating in this, like bringing or- to order. Yeah. And I guess what I was saying about like the distracting things, I think really what I mean is the idle time things, the things that lead to idle yeah, so like social media. I, I don't, yes. The phone. And and I'm not saying like I'm not hating on social media. I'm you know, as a whole. I'm just saying there are things that are a massive time suck yep. in our lives. And that could even be, I don't know, binging Netflix, you know, or just mm-hmm. like whatever it is, there are moments where, you know, we watch through the series of whatever we're watching, or I'm done scrolling and I realize how much time I actually spent doing that. And it's like, wow, I totally, I was literally just sitting here doing nothing, but Mm -hmm. it feels in the moment like you're doing something and it's entertainment, right? It's enjoyable. It's something that I'm consuming, right? But I'm not outputting anything. And so it does this like weird thing. I don't know if it's just, me or if other people would resonate with this but like i just feel so purposeless like i i leave a scrolling session and i'm like i gotta do something so like do six things because i've got to feel like i have to justify the lack of what i was able to accomplish in that time where i was just scrolling you know what i mean it it mentally does something to me that i think contributes to that overall feeling of purposelessness because you look back and you're like well what did i do with my day yeah i spent it you know, doing X, Y, Z, but I wasn't really doing anything. I was consuming. Right. And so I think maybe just the, the consumption of things instead of the creation of things, when that kind of starts to get unbalanced and I'm mainly consuming, Mm -hmm. I think that's when I start to feel really useless, Mm -hmm. purposeless, like almost just like this void that grows inside of me of like, I'm not doing anything worthwhile and i'm not even i almost said productive but i'm not talking about productivity (laughs) yeah i'm I'm talking about sometimes it's just just, presence yeah like just being fully present and engaged in a moment you know and so yeah i think that leads to it sometimes too and i think sometimes we also tell ourselves that like we can accomplish that if we are somewhere there somewhere out there like oh if it's if we lived in europe this wouldn't be a struggle because we'd have X, Y, and Z. Or if, if we were out in the woods where there wasn't internet, which I think that's actually a healthy thing, like to go out to the woods and not have internet and maybe like detox for a couple of days, if not a week. But I think some of that could probably be accomplished like right where you're at. Yeah. And it's not these huge trips to Guatemala that we have to take, but just these small conscious things where you just take a thought to its end or you take before you in step into something to just be like, again, it's like I, I talk about it, like it's so easy, but like the convenience of distraction is so is everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, so one question I had for you was 
how has your perspective on creation versus consumption and then also like how has your purpose in life in air quotes changed or shifted since you've become a mother Hmm. um i think fundamentally that my like i'm just talking personally i'm not talking about like all mothers humanity (laughs) since eve no um personally i think that my purpose is to this is just my interpretation of scripture and specifically like thinking about Genesis original design. Like I think my purpose as an image bearer Mm -hmm. is to partner with God in creating and sustaining that, which leads to the flourishing of life on this earth. Right. And so I think that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to set up my answer here. Let me just flesh this out. Let me just flesh this out. That's the fancy answer of what I said. Sure. Yeah, I'm not denying it, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'll weave what I think about motherhood into it. So, so that, so for me, that means that when you think about the gospel as what we're saved from, what we're saved for, like Jesus, you know, Christ died for our sins. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saved from. Like I'm saved from the eternal punishment that was meant for me because yeah. of my sinfulness, you know. And now, like I think Jesus died to save us from our sins and he is in the process of making all things new i think that's the gospel like so that's what we're saved from is uh you know my sinfulness but i'm also saved for something on this earth not not just for eternity and so i think that when christ made all things you know when he died and he's in this process of making all things new there was this eternal inheritance that has become mine, right? So in this earth, like sin and death and suffering are still present. Like I will still experience this. I'm not immune to this because I've been saved, right? And yet I have the hope that in eternity, those things will not, you know, are not present. All things are made new and redeemed. So let me just, I'm trying to flesh this out. (laughs) So the thing is, I have access to that inheritance today. So that tells me like how I ought to live today in that I am to be a piece of heaven right? in every relationship I have, in every conversation I have, in every room I step into. Like I have an opportunity to be uh, an agent of the restoration process here on earth. And, mm-hmm. and so I think that is an amazing purpose. So that has become like ultimate in my mind of like, it doesn't really matter what I'm doing anymore. So now enter motherhood. If I'm mom, if I'm wife, if I'm single, if I'm daughter, if I'm whatever I am, that ultimate purpose for me is unchanged. Like I am still to be an agent of restoration everywhere I go. And also enjoy the blessing of the inheritance that I have that I get to experience here on earth in the midst of suffering, in the midst of pain, in the midst of all these things that are broken. Like I still have access to peace. I still have access to joy. I still have access to love, like these things that are mine in Christ, right? So yeah, when I think about purpose and then we throw like motherhood onto it, this is my long way of saying, I don't think motherhood has really changed my purpose it's just Mm -hmm. that motherhood reveals 
more of my sinfulness than any other relationship ever has. (laughs) And I desperately want to be a piece of heaven in my children's lives. Mm. And in showing them by my actions and the way that I live my life and the way that I treat them and the things that I model for them that, you know, they're watching everything about how I handle conflict with you, how I handle when people hurt me, how I handle um, when they frustrate me, how I handle your phone, my phone, feelings of shame, feelings of, you know, rejection. They're watching how, you know, my daughter is watching how I think about beauty. Yeah. And, and the model that I use for how that conducts my decisions regarding what I wear and what I do and how I d- want to change my body or not or this or that or not, you know. And so I'm so aware of that, that I get to be a part of the restoration in the sense of like showing them a bigger story, showing them that there is a bigger story, you know. Yeah. There is a bigger purpose. And yeah, I don't know if that answers it in the... <laughs> in the way that you were looking for, but I don't feel like motherhood is my purpose. I feel like being an image bearer first and foremost is always my purpose. I don't feel like being pastor is someone's purpose. I don't feel like being whatever career. I think, I think in society, sometimes we put the cart before the horse in that we make the, the how to the purpose. Yeah. And my, First purpose is being a restorative agent for helping to usher like God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Like, so there's something for me to do here while I'm waiting for the inheritance that I'll receive someday, you know? Yeah. And so. Yeah. And I also just want to, I think that's spot on. And I I also did not try to extract a specific answer when I asked you that question. I I was just asking the question. I know that. I think some of the definitions that need to be broken down a little bit more too is just as like this restorative agent concept yeah because some of what you may hear when you say that sure is that like you're going out there and like sprinkling like (laughs) jesus fairy dust everywhere and like things turn from black and white to like 4k multicolor and it's not like that like that's not at all what we're talking about and i think some of it is in the very seemingly insignificant yes. moments 100%. where you are choosing to instead of prioritizing your own convenience or the ease of just being on your phone and choosing to instead be fully present with your daughter or with your son and absorbing their like very energetic selves and yeah. being present with them and, and i think that that doesn't make it on the highlight reels. Like that doesn't make it on Instagram. And a lot of what can be misconstrued with how a lot of believers might define like agents of change and <laughs> bringing order to chaos. I realize that can sound really weird. Well, it, saying it, like it, that. it can sound very grandiose. It can sure, sound very sure. like big picture and it's very much not like it can be right. Like there's people that, that that's part of their assignment. But I think for most of us, it's just like these, like like that quote, like, yeah, God shows his miraculous in the everyday ordinary things. And I guess that's what I was trying to get at was that I used to think God had some 
big thing for me to do, you know, and I had to just go find God's will for me. Like it's under some rock and I got to search for it with a metal detector or something, you know? Yeah. And I think, man, that gospel message of like, God's got some big thing for my life is like, it's God, it's me and a big thing for my life that that kind of makes me the hero of the story. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I would... I, again, I think it's that grab at significance. Like, I want to do something significant. I want to do something meaningful. I want to be that, you know, whatever, influential or the attract the masses or whatever it is. You know, it's just like you think it's got to be this big, grandiose thing. And like you said, you know, God does use some people in those ways or he does give some people platforms in that way. But for me, when I read First Thessalonians 5.18 with a different lens for the first time, it really just changed everything about what I thought about God's will for my life. And that verse says, give thanks in every circumstance for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And I realized that in order to give thanks for something, like it, I used to just think about that verse as like, oh, you know, thank you. Suck it up when things are really hard because give thanks, you know, yeah. like some way to like muster up enough strength to still give thanks, even when you're going through the ringer. And for once I read that verse and realized like, wow, if I'm going to give thanks for something, I have to recognize that a gift was received. Yeah. And so for me, that just like immediately changed that, man, everything I have in this life is a gift. Mm-hmm. And I don't live it that way. I don't live in the moment to moment, like everyday ordinary things, like all of it is a gift because I'm always grabbing at the grandiose, you know, the big thing God's got for my life, you know? And I miss like the entire gift that he's given me the whole time, you know? If I'm just constantly searching for this big thing God's going to give me for my life. And so I guess that's what I mean when I say, when I think about that restoration piece, I think about like these moment to moment, like messy, like the messy moments I have with my kids. Mm -hmm. That's what I think. Not even outside the walls of our house. And I'm not saying it's just about our family. I'm just saying like, that's how I view purpose in motherhood is that it's not about these big, perfect picture, perfect moments that you can put on there for everyone to look at and want to model after, you know, it's about the fact that I recognize that it's all a gift and I, I want to receive it. Like I want to let myself receive it while I have it and not get to the end and be like, man, I wish I had all these regrets that people say, Oh, I wish I spent more time with my family. Oh, I wish I, you know, because it all goes by so fast, you know? And, and I'm not just talking about child rearing. I'm talking about life in general And I don't want to not have received it and just relished in it and been thankful for it in the process, you know? Yeah, I think just to, because this is coming off of the backs of this seemingly prevalent sense of purposelessness. Yeah. And that I think there can be a sense of like desire to return back to a a Roman Empire type. I'm trying to circle it all together. I'm trying to put a bow (laughs) on it. All right. And so I think for us, knowing that we are invited to participate in something larger than ourselves, if you are a believer, like really our hope is that we do see time as a gift, the time that we've been given with our children, the time that we've been given with each other, 
and so that we are in a perspective able to steward that correctly as well and not waste it away or wish it away right like oh let's just get him to bedtime uh let's just get him to this and that time and really put yourself in that perspective of like god's gifted you this time with your children or god's gifted you this time with your spouse or god's placed you in this role as insert your career and that we don't have to long for a better time back in the past but that like we are actually placed exactly where we're supposed to be placed to fulfill exactly what it is that god has us here for and even in like time right now where man we we are wrestling through a lot of things or we have wrestled through a lot of things moving to some place very new and unfamiliar and as we've gotten more comfortable with it just realizing that like there is you know even though we're not entirely sure of all of the minutia of what it means to live here in charlotte there is already a present assignment in place for us for the relationships we're already engaging in and then you know for sure the things that we know for certain like our relationship with graham our relationship with our kids that that's without question part of what we're supposed to do here and so i think keeping that in perspective there's a necessary like dying to yourself that needs to happen on a regular basis and whatever that needs to look like i'm not saying to me that used to pre-kids for me used to be like long times of devotion and like reading scripture and like a lot of meditation and all of these like great things that worked for a season and it hecking doesn't work today right like it just doesn't exist Mm -hmm. and so being able to be okay with like shifting the inconsistency or being able to be okay with like consuming it or placing yourself under that awareness in some other methodology you know like a lot of times for me now because i'm commuting to work it's the drive to work and and so and and you've shifted in how you're like placing yourself under that just like that conscious awareness of i am not at the throne uh, of my own heart and that i'm part of a larger story and otherwise you know you'll sell yourself short with a different story and probably a worse story probably a, a destructive story and so i think in with like this these conversations around like purpose and you know being aware of what we're part of it also requires us to constantly place ourselves in that situation because man's heart's tendency is to revert back to the things that society's like making so convenient and available to us be it walmart's being open 24 7 or social media or you know um, fast food being available i don't know i think there's just like i'm wondering how what's the healthy way to wrestle with hardship and struggling in a society and culture where hardship and struggle is bad yeah and i think inconvenience is hardship yeah so like inconvenience equals hardship hardship equals bad and so like anything that's inconvenient is actually like suffering right when that's like so not true at the end of the day and so and we have to like 21st century that because in the early church that meant persecution like actual physical punishment and we we are currently not experiencing that and i already know there's people out there who are like, well get, you're getting ready to experience like make sure you're gonna hear that this it's coming for you I'm, that's not what i'm saying i'm really just saying like how do we apply that as believers in a ultra 
convenient culture? And I don't have the answer to that, but that's just something that along with this awareness of like where we're at in the like being agents or like ambassadors, essentially, uh, how do we continue placing ourselves in that? And part of that to me is like this sense of dying to self on a regular basis. So. Well, hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of Table Talks with the Tares. We'd love to hear from you. And if there's something you'd specifically like for us to talk about, visit honors underscore dot com slash table talks to let us know. And if this episode was helpful to you, be sure to subscribe and to also share it with a friend. We really appreciate your support. All music is from the OG MJ Tare. Join us next time for another conversation at our table.